I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Welcome back to Not Another Mummy podcast with me, Alison Perry. I'm joined today by Kate Roham, a personal trainer who specializes in using exercise and fitness to help women through perimenopause and menopause. Kate is also a mom of three and the author of new book, Fitter, Calmer, Stronger in 30 Days, which comes out on 28th of December. Kate, a warm welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to talk to you. How are you doing? How's your day been so far? Yeah, it's not been too bad. Um, just quite busy. As you've mentioned, the book is uh, is imminent. So just sort of tying up a few bits and pieces there, just sorting out lives. Um, already done a workout and um, and hopefully, hopefully got some people on Instagram moving this morning um, as I did a, a 6.15 five-minute movement as part of an advent calendar that, I, that I'm doing up to Christmas. Oh, I love it. And there's nothing better, is there, than using Christmas as a device to do anything. Like so, you chuck and make anything into an advent calendar and we're on board. We're there. Yeah, totally. And do you know what? It's funny because I also think it's really a time of year, and I'm sure we'll come to this, where we have got so much. And I know we were just talking about this before we came on, sort of the juggle of uh, Christmas, sorting things out. And, and it's a real time, I think, that we can forget um, ourselves and we sort of get literally to around about now and it's like oh it's just that sort of sense of I've got to get through the next couple of weeks to get to the other side whereas actually what I would love to sort of look at it as this is a really good opportunity to actually find that motivation and set those intentions so that you power into 2024. That's so true and actually it's funny you say that because I've got a bit of a, a habit that I've seemed to have formed over the years where I think I'm almost kind of rebelling against the whole January thing obviously traditionally we get to January and people want to start exercising and forming new habits and what I found myself doing over the last maybe five years is at the end of November beginning of December I'll do something like join a new gym or I'll start some new exercise classes or just something and it's not even a conscious thing but I just find oh I'm doing that thing again where you know, this time of year, I'll start a new habit. Is that, do you find anyone else doing that? Is that just like a weird thing that I'm doing? Yeah, no, I think people do. Because I think you sort of think, oh my goodness, I'm going to get it all in before the end of the year. And then hopefully, you know, it's there ready to start. But I think the one thing, like, and it kind of you touched on it, that I really want women to 
to get to a place where actually we're not looking at specific seasons or specific times um, of the year when we want to start making these changes if we that we want to fit into a dress or we're going on a beach holiday and all these things and then we just set ourselves up um we almost set ourselves up i'm not going to say failure but for disappointment because we don't often allow enough time to achieve the things that we've put into place and so what i would love is for everybody to find something that actually is sustainable for 365 days of the year so that we can jump off that like yo-yo hamster wheel and just you know we're not always going to feel great like I, I get that but just that we don't suddenly yeah have those moments of placing unrealistic expectations on ourselves that's so true and that just reminds me this morning um I interviewed Paul McKenna for a different podcast that I co-host and he gave this really good tip that I'm going to share with you I'm going to share with the, with the listeners um this is like a preview because that podcast doesn't come out until January um, but he basically said a really good thing to do is to think about what you want to achieve. So whatever that thing is, and obviously don't make it too unrealistic, like you're saying, but then work back and say, okay, well, if I wanted to achieve that two weeks before that, what would I need to be doing? And then two weeks before that, what would I need to be doing? And then work backwards until the point you're at now. And you've almost like get written like a plan for yourself. So rather than just thinking about the end goal, you actually work out the steps that you need to take to get to that. And it's like, that suddenly makes it so much more achievable, doesn't it? Yeah, totally. It, it, it's planning and it's those baby steps. He's absolutely spot on. And actually, it's funny because that sort of, I mean, it, it's, it's the reverse way because I look to the future when it comes to sort of exercising because I talk a lot about future-proofing our bodies. But like in terms of there being an end goal, uh, like for me, there is no end goal. And this sounds really morbid, like, Monday morning, not even midday, and we're going into death. But my end goal is 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 death. Is that actually I have lived a really mobile, strong, um, fulfilling next chapter of my life. And so instead of going right, I'm going to get up and run five k, and then I'm going to do a marathon in six months. Those are all brilliant sort of short term achievements to look forward or to, to look, you know to set yourself up. But ultimately. I want to go, you know, I want to go strong. I want to go being strong. And so movement for me is a non-negotiable until the day I die. It's not something that I want to pick up and drop and pick up here and leave there. That is just something that I want to be able to do um, until that day, whatever day that is. Yeah. Um, so tell me about your own perimenopause journey, because I think like many of us, it wasn't that smooth and straightforward for you, was it? No, it wasn't. So I... Um, I didn't know anything about perimenopause. I was probably around about 42 when it happened or the symptoms started. Um, I had four miscarriages, in fact, which I'm really honest about before my third child. Um, and I often wonder whether that was my body's way of saying, you know, you're coming to the end here. Um, you haven't got that many good eggs. Um, but luckily, the miracle that was Rupert um, popped along. And actually, fine enough, he did sort of appear when I'd really kind of given up. Um, you know, I thought, okay, well, I am perhaps too old. This isn't going to happen. And I think that that is something that not just applies to women trying for children, but generally the mentality that then sort of happens as we age. I'm too old. I'll give up. I'll do it. Too old. I won't try. So um, to cut a long story short, I was 42. I was having a terrible, terrible night sweats, um, crippling joint aches and pains, um, really, really, really bad anxiety, panic attack, breathlessness. 
um, and heart palpitations. And we were just coming into lockdown. My dad was also diagnosed with um, terminal cancer, pancreatic cancer. So I was kind of that that mid midlife woman who was juggling loads of things, had a sick parent and having these symptoms. I went to my GP and through no fault of their own, um, I really don't don't blame them at all now knowing what I know about the lack of uh, training within the NHS anyway. Um, they just thought I was depressed. Um, you know, when I said to them, my dad has got cancer. My son was also diagnosed with a lung condition. You know, all of these things, they're like, well, it must be. Um, but I knew it wasn't having had uh, mental health issues in the past. I knew it wasn't. And not that I would be afraid to take antidepressants or ashamed. I wouldn't be at all. would absolutely take them. But I just knew it was something, I knew it was something slightly different. Um, so kind of set about doing my own research. Um, and eventually I, I did have to reach out to a private uh, menopause practitioner who did diagnose me with perimenopause. Um, the HRT arrived and I sat and I looked at it for three months because I still couldn't believe or didn't think at 42 that that would happen. I was scared. I think so many women are scared. Um, and I didn't really know where to go. Anyway, eventually I started it, but it wasn't the silver bullet by any means um, for me. And I, I was, I guess, felt disappointed that what I thought was going to just, you know, make me back to normal uh, didn't work straight away. So it was then that I set about um, looking at how I could actually help myself um, through lifestyle changes uh, to make it all fall into place. And um, that's what I really credit for managing my menopause is my lifestyle changes, not the HRT. And being a personal trainer, I'm guessing you've always been fit and healthy. So was there was there a specific moment when you realised that you were going to have to rethink a lot of the things that you know about health and approach things differently? I love that question, Alison. And actually, it's funny because I think that we we often think that if someone is a fitness trainer, they love fitness. I I I hated exercise growing up. I didn't really like it at all because it was <laughs> for me. It was always a means to an end, and that was always like a weight related goal. So um, I had never understood like the power of exercise for everything else, and how if we work out what our body needs, um, there's so much more to it, and actually, it can be enjoyable. Um, and I don't think I learned that until I was 40, 41. I actually didn't qualify as a PT until I was, uh, until I was 40, until I was 40. Um, so I, that's when I really found a love as, as movement. Um, I'd always, you know, I'd done running, but like I say, just for the wrong, for the wrong reasons, I was starving myself and, you know, hitting and pounding. What made you go from someone who hated exercise and was doing it for arguably the wrong reasons? to then re retraining as a, as a PT. How did that leap happen? So because I'd always seen it as a, seen it as a, an aesthetic goal, um, after the birth of my third child, I, I obviously thought I'd put on loads of weight because that's what my brain has always sort of said to my, to my, to me, um, you know, regardless of what size I've been, whether I've been really tiny, which has happened to being slightly curvier, you know, that, that I have had disordered eating, which I'm really honest about. And so, the voice in your head just is there. Anyway, the little voice popped up. And so, but I couldn't exercise. I was at home with three kids. There was no gym close by. Gym memberships are expensive. I had a small child. So actually I started doing um, the wonderful Joe Wicks's workouts on YouTube. And this is when he was just like totally on YouTube. You know, he, was, he wasn't even. The he boys. wasn't the great Joe Wicks that we know today. <laughs> he wasn't the great Joe Wicks. 
No, who is uh, he's been a real champion actually where I am today, and um, really grateful for his support actually. Um, so no, so I started doing those, and as much as I love him, it just didn't take on board the fact that I had you know heaving sore, milky boobs. Um, I had to go and pick up a million children. Like there was just something about the messaging that I just didn't didn't resonate with me. It was brilliant because it got me going, but I was like, there's no one out there that's doing this for women. So actually, when I qualified and trained my aim was uh, and actually my account was called hit for life so it was um, all about the hit workouts all about the short blast intensity but more specifically for, for mums with young children and actually I appeared on Sunday brunch um, and shared this you know with them and, and it was great and I, all my workouts were for free on Instagram like I've done over a thousand free workouts on Instagram um, but then it, that's when it then it hit the, the menopause hits and um i the joint aches and pains but i was just showing up and smiling and pretending it was all fine you know as i think we often as we often do for social media um but behind the scenes i was actually really crumbling and my body was aching um and so um i and i wasn't enjoying the workouts right because i was still doing it the, the the aim there was still to lose that baby weight um and so it wasn't until i had to sort of take a step back and work out what was happening to me or understand because I think it's easy to say work out but it's actually until we really understand um what is happening to us and actually it's not our fault because I think that's the thing is we we blame ourselves if we have that weight gain and we blame ourselves if we're tired because we haven't done this or we haven't done that and actually understanding that I wasn't to blame for the things happening to me was a really critical turning point um and then understanding okay so if I'm not to blame what can I do what can I add and how can I help myself, you know, thrive? Um, and one of the biggest things I did, Alison, actually, this really helped me kind of care for my dad as well, um, because I was looking after him at the time, was I gave up alcohol. And that was my biggest turning point, because without doubt, and I'm very honest about it, by the end of lockdown, that was my my crutch, was, was alcohol, because I didn't know what was happening I just turned to it just to numb numb the pain and the symptoms. I think that what you're saying will resonate with so many people listening, and it definitely resonates with me. And I think that what I'm sensing from you, but what I definitely experience, is a bit of a battle um, between trying to put diet culture in the bin. So I have grown up and spent my twenties and thirties, like you know, being thin is the goal, fitting into that dress. Um, going to Weight Watchers, like all of that stuff. And now being in a place where I'm like, no, actually, that doesn't work for me. That doesn't have to be the way. But now suddenly my body is behaving in a completely different way. And I've probably put on about two dress sizes over the last few years. And I've got this kind of like internal battle of, well, you shouldn't want to lose weight. And then I've got another voice in my head, which is like, yeah, but you should be healthier. And actually your movement is restricted and it's harder to like bend over and scoop up all your kids' toys and all of that stuff. It's just such a battle in my head. How do we kind of quieten down those those voices and try and get some clarity in the situation? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. It is a real battle, um, I think. I think the really important thing is that if, you know, and it's a difficult one because I am often asked this. Like I don't, I don't promote weight loss, but if you as a person are not comfortable with the way you are, 
if you've been told by your doctor that your BMI, again, that's not like a, 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 a golden measurable scale, your BMI, because that depends on your muscle mass. Um, but if you've been, you know, if you if you are slightly more susceptible to type two diabetes or cardiovascular disease, or you've kind of been giving those mess given those messages from a GP, I think that it is sensible to look at obviously losing weight, but doing it the right way. And I think as soon as we, I think the battle in our head is that for us, this generation of women who are battling it, it is it's that restriction. So we feel like we have to restrict, and we feel like we have to overexercise. And that couldn't be further from the truth. So what I hope to encourage people to do and what, what I hope the book does is to kind of, you're here, you're just starting level there um, and don't make weight your only focus. So you just sort of park that in a little box and actually think about the heart health that your doctor might have advised you to, to think about or as you've just pointed out, how you'd like to be more mobile, maybe picking things up or being more active for that reason. Um you know, your bone health. I mean, I have a diagnosis of osteopenia, which for me was like, whoa, okay, got to start lifting weights. Um, it's too late in terms of, you know, the partying I did up till I was 30 because that has predetermined where I'm at now. Um, I don't regret any of that either, by the way, just just to say they were really good fun times. Um, but just to sort, of, <laughs> to sort of lightly reframe that being, you know, the end goal and the weight, because by default, if you are building um, the things in for your heart, your health, your heart, your bones, your joints, your muscles, and changing that mindset, you start to eat better. And the default will be that you will start to lose weight. And then it becomes sustainable because because you're you're not that's not your end goal. And it can just you can just keep going. You find that motivation and you find that enjoyment. And 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 that's where I find that women suddenly have that sort of transformative moment where they want to carry on because they feel good but it's important to say that it can take four weeks it can take six weeks it can take eight weeks it, and there's no set time frame for anybody what I can tell you is you're not going to get abs in five minutes and there's not that magic five minute five moves to um, a washboard stomach many women will never have a washboard stomach um, unless we're making like severe lifestyle changes where you're not really enjoying yourself unless you've got good genes. So again, don't, you know, don't, don't take me down for that one. Um, but when we're meant to have like a spongy middle, we're protecting our organs, you know. Um, so I think it's all of those things and it's learning that it's, it's learning that and telling yourself that, that actually can switch off that negative voice. Um, and then equally, I think coming into that, where we begin to um, make those restrictions as a lot of women find themselves uh, not eating and not eating and not eating and then it gets to sort of maybe midday one o'clock and then they're really hungry and you go for one thing and that's it you you can't stop because your body's like yes I'm getting food and that's a normal uh, that's a normal response from your body because it needs that energy and muscles need glycogen so it's it's your body's doing what it needs to do but then your brain's going oh no you can't eat all that and you end up having that battle again so uh, the way to kind of combat that is to make sure you have three lovely meals a day and till you're full don't be scared of eating that plate of food until you're full you know it's not gonna if you, if you don't finish what's there I mean that doesn't mean finish it all but you are likely to be hungrier two or three hours later and what we want is to create this place where you can go for about four hours without having to snack or have another meal 
One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Your book has got lots of great recipes in it. What would you say to someone who says, like, I know I should be eating protein-rich breakfast, but all I've got time for between wrangling the kids and getting them ready for school is shoving a slice of toast in my mouth. Or, I'm not proud of this, like I did this morning, I ate a bowl of Cheerios, which I'm sure you're probably recoiling in horror at the at the idea. But I just feel like, I, I just feel like I, I'm not sure I've got it in me in the morning to create some amazing protein-rich breakfast for myself. Yeah, it it doesn't need to be um, it doesn't need to be big. But I bet you were really hungry after about an hour after you had your Cheerios, probably because your blood sugars would have gone. Yeah, I've not had anything since. <sighs> I'm so hungry right now. I'm so hungry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So now we're talking about food. We're going to be really hungry. But that's I you. know your blood sugars would have spiked, <laughs> and and then and then they're going to dip. So um, a really good, quick, on the go breakfast, I think, is something like overnight oats. So you can kind of make it the day before. Um, and so you just have you know your handful of oats. There's all the measures in the book. Um, oat milk, normal milk, whatever you want to use. Bun them in the fridge, and then the next morning, literally, you, and do it in a Tupperware. You know, if you're kind of doing it that way, or if if you are on the go and you're not quite hungry, take it out. Chuck in some frozen blueberries, a dollop of Greek yogurt, um, some flax seeds, some chia seeds, anything, just pumpkin seeds. Um, you could do a little sprinkle of honey as well if you wanted that sort of you know sugary not fix, but the um the Greek yogurt with the protein will help negate the spikes from the from the, the honey. Uh, and boom, and you've got a breakfast. You know, equally, um boil some eggs while you're shouting at, yeah. And boil some eggs while you're shouting at people to put their socks and shoes on for like the for the fiftieth time. Have you got your socks on? I've you... never shouted at my children, Kate. <laughs> Sorry, asking the children. Um I've actually got some Greek yogurt in in the fridge, so I'm I'm, I'm genuinely. I know people say this when they're on a podcast, and you think, yeah, right. I've actually got some little pots of Greek yogurt, um, and I have got some oats, so I feel like this is achievable. That maybe after this, I can go and whip Do up it. something for tomorrow morning. Can I ask you a question? Is it Greek yogurt or is it Greek style yogurt? Oh, it is. It's Greek style yogurt because my husband ordered it. It was for some. It was for some Greek dinner that we had last week and it needed greek yogurt and he yeah. bought greek style yogurt is that not the right thing fire him um <laughs> no it needs to it needs to be greek yogurt so the greek style yogurt um is is not hasn't got the uh, the uh, same amount of protein in it and actually i did a, a really fun reel um not not that long ago where i i mean i i just get some very funny comments alison but i won't go into it uh, but I went to the supermarket and I and I went around and I shopped sensibly, okay, because I don't shop well and I know that lots of my followers, um, I, and I know that we're all actually in an economic crisis anyway at the moment, that we need to shop sensibly because a lot of people think it's really hard to eat healthily 
um, you know, and it comes at a cost. And and I was like, right, I'm going to set about on this challenge. I went to Tesco's and I didn't know. Okay. So I'm totally holding my hands up that actually Tesco's do their own Greek yogurt. It's not Greek style. It's Greek yogurt. And it's £1.50 cheaper than the Farge Greek yogurt. So, you know, there's a saving there and you're getting the protein. Um, and it was just a really interesting, um, it was a really interesting thing to do because I did manage to create sort of a meal, uh, eight meals for under £100 for a family of four, um, you know, for like a week. And that was my goal was to kind of go, look, we can reach those protein targets. It's really hard. It takes planning, but it kind of, that takes you back to, you talking about Paul McKenna at the very beginning, that planning is key to success for so many things. Because if we write it down or we set those intentions or we kind of stick to it, it doesn't matter if you, you, you know, slightly de- default from it, but you're more likely to, to stick to it and do it. And so, you know, planning that shopping list, Greek yogurt, looking at those, those swaps that you can make in a supermarket, you can save money and you can still eat well for less and unhealthily. That's really good advice. Um, staying on that slight on, on that topic, what's your view on? I was, I was in Aldi a few weeks ago, and they had like tubs of it's called protein, and I think it is like fromage frais or some kind of cheese based thing, and it's all different flavors. They had like toffee flavors and lemon flavor. What's your view on that as a kind of quick protein fix? Is that a good idea, or is that actually just a shortcut that we shouldn't be taking? I, I wouldn't go for anything that's got like a fl- like toffee flavor or lemon flavor. Try and flavor it <laughs> but naturally. But it tastes so good. Um, <laughs> I know, but that's why it tastes so good because it will all just be like a slightly, it will just all, it will, it, it might have the protein in it, but the chances are it's going to have the sugars in it as well. So I think if you, it's like cooking from scratch and we, none of us have the, really the gift of time to do that. Like I get that. It's a, it's a really difficult thing to do. Um, but the less ingredients really that there is in something, the better it is going to be. So like if you wanted that that sort of uh, sweet hit again from your yogurt, I would um, I would do the Greek yogurt and just a little dash of, of honey or you know maple syrup, but the, the protein effect will hopefully, as I say, negate that sugar spike. Um, but anything with that sort of toffee base, lemony base, um, thing might not work. The, the, you know, even I make a really lovely, I say lovely, uh, protein shake. And actually, this is you're going to go there. But cottage cheese, cottage cheese. And I love cottage cheese. Really good protein in cottage cheese. And you can put that into protein shakes. And uh, see, I, I, when you say cottage cheese, I, I just get flashbacks to being in my 20s and being on Weight Watchers and my lunch being like two Rovita with cottage cheese. And like even things like, oh, you can't have avocado with it because avocado is like really high in fat and it's like 40 Weight Watchers points. And you're only allowed to have 20 a day. Um, so, yeah, I feel like I need to um, revisit cottage cheese with, with fresh eyes. Do, do. And do you know what? You make a really good point there, which actually I was talking to a nutritionist about the other day. Like we're so focused um, on talking about uh, protein and um, gut health, which is very important. There is a massive um, space for gut health. I'm not an expert in it, but it it is uh, is really important. That we are now forgetting, I think, to talk about the fats and the carbs that are so important as well. And I would absolutely say to you, forget your Weight Watchers days. Go back to your lovely Rivita, you've got your fiber. Go back to your cottage cheese, you've got your protein. And have some lovely avocado, maybe with some slices of... Uh, Half those cherry tomatoes, pop that on top with a little bit of rocket, 
and maybe a drizzle of olive oil, a little bit of balsamic vinegar, and there's your lunch. That sounds lovely. That does sound really nice, definitely. Uh, you're really hungry now, aren't I'm you? Re- Do you know what? I'm so hungry right now. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't good. Um, so going back to your own menopause journey, it was really interesting you saying that HRT wasn't a silver bullet that you expected it to be. And I wonder how many people listening perhaps feel the same. Um, what do you think, in a nutshell, what else do we need to be doing on top of the HRT to really kind of secure ourselves and our health and, uh, I guess, be the best versions of ourselves as we go through perimenopause and menopause? Yeah, I think that's a really good question. And I, I want to be really mindful when I sort of say HRT wasn't the, the magic bullet for me because I do know that for a lot of women who are really really experiencing debilitating symptoms where they find it even really hard to move I would never want to say well you know just that's not for you so I think we have to remember that everybody's menopause is so individual um, and so it depends where you are on that journey but certainly for me adding um, adding weights was the there was just the ultimate uh, game changer um, so again I was as I said I, I was hit for life I was all about running um, and I actually had no idea the benefits that, that weight training would give me, but possibly more for my mental health than anything else. Um, and um, my body shape has completely changed since I've lifted weights. I'm definitely probably bigger, um, not not bulkier. I don't want anyone to think suddenly that it's bulky, um, but it's because I'm eating well. I'm, I'm leaner, I suppose. Like 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 it's 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 all these little things, and and that and again, it's just totally reframed. Um, the way I am so in answer to your question absolutely eating three meals a day with protein carbs fats lifting weights the book um, has got the QR code which scans over and it takes you to a beginner beginner's course there's a 30-day beginner's course to lifting there's also an intermediate course I didn't think about that Alison when I said yes this is a really good idea to have these workouts in the book go and record 60 workouts (laughs) okay um uh but i loved doing it because i knew that actually it would then be a book that women would do the exercises from because we don't realistically go and do 10 squats or five push-ups when it says it in the book but you know you hit record and you're there and i'm in the room with you and honestly i fall over in some of the in some of the classes like i lose my balance and i fall over um and i don't edit it there's no editing it is completely me with with the with the ladies working out for 30 minutes um, and I, and so I think that yeah so weight um, adding weights has been key so please do try and do that beginners course um, eating well rest I used to think that if I had a day off it would all like mess up um, but it doesn't it's massively important uh, and also to be probably the best one was to be more forgiving of myself so like if I have a day where someone's bought me like especially now at Christmas a lint bunny which I love it's okay you can eat it it's hollow for starters um, but you know you can eat it and you can enjoy it and you can park it. Don't 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 self sabotage. You know because I think that's the thing. If we eat one thing that we think isn't good for us, you just sort of hit the you know the sod it button and the day kind of carries on in that way. But it doesn't. Enjoy that moment that you had with your bunny and move on and then have a lovely salad or something in the evening. Um, like it's you can just do those little things. So I think um, that was another real learning um, for myself. But in terms of the HRT, uh, it was definitely um, it was definitely giving up alcohol um, and eating well and lifting weights um, that 
that completely transformed can trans transformed my menopause. Um, and fun enough, you know, I'm still where I'm like, could I even come off HRT? And it's not that I don't want to take HRT, but I feel like I'm in such a place with those lifestyle choices. I've actually, my HRT, my estrogen has actually come down quite a bit in terms of my um, prescription. Um, so I, you know, there's something there that, 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 that is working. But obviously with that diagnosis of osteopenia, there are, there is research to suggest that by me taking the estrogen, it will have preventative benefits towards the onset of osteoporosis. Yeah. Um, and I've got kind of like a two um, part question here. How, how often should we be doing weights? I mean, it's probably, it's probably depends on each different person, doesn't it? What ratio of cardio to weight should we like? Should we still be doing cardio? I mean, like, like so many people, I've had it drilled into me over the years that cardio is the most important thing, especially when your goal is to lose weight. Um, and now I I know the importance of weights, and I love a body pump class at the gym, but I'm unsure whether I should still be doing cardio as well. And you know, how many body pump classes each week is too many, or it, it's a bit it's a bit confusing sometimes. Yeah, really good question. I can really simplify it. I would say so in terms of lifting weights, aim for three to five times a week. Um, doesn't matter who you are um, or any, anything at all. That's kind of what we should be really aiming for. Um, in terms of cardio v weights, so there's two ways to lift weights. There's the we the weights where we go low weights, and so we do lots of repetitions. Um, you know, so we don't sort of fatigue the muscle. We just keep going. That will build uh, muscle endurance, okay? So that's kind of making that, that muscle endure it's for a longer, greater pressure under time. Then you've got the weight, lifting heavy weight. That builds muscle mass, that lean, lovely muscle mass and overall body strength. And that's really what we want to be aiming for uh, sort of in that perimenopause, menopause phase. Both have a place because you want the endurance, you want the mass and you want the strength. Um, so all of those have a place. Um, but I would say trying to go a little bit heavier is definitely going to be um, of more benefit. It is also a cardio workout. So as you lift heavier weights, you, 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 I mean, this morning we did an upper body workout and I was out of breath and I didn't do one jump, one run, one anything. It was literally lifting those weights. You are exerting so much strength, you know, I don't like being technical about stuff because I think if we become technical about exercise, we, we just switch off, which is what I do quite like about my book. I think it's just in layman's terms, but you've obviously got anaerobic and aerobic respiration, and they're the different ways of working out. Now, the thing about lifting weights, and you said about running and losing weight, is that when you lift weights, you will burn fat for longer after the exercise. So you have got just as much chance to lose weight, if not more weight and better weight uh, by lifting weight in, in terms of if you want to lose it. So they both they both have a place, but um, as I said, I think you, you, you will burn more fat and calories by lifting weight. And the other thing to remember is that if, you know, your, your metabolic health, muscle is a, is, a, is a metabolically active tissue. So the more muscle we have, the more calories it burns. So the more muscle we have, Again, by default, essentially we burn more calories. But yeah, what I don't want people to do is to get caught up on it because you do find these programs where people are like, you have, uh, you know, you're 30% of this and, and you're sat there in the kitchen weighing it out. I mean, like I've said, I can't even get my kids to school on time, let alone weigh out my food. 
So it sounds like then, from what you're saying, um, doing perhaps at home weights, you know, following you know your plan or other plans, um, is possibly the way forward. Um, so what kit do we need to be buying? So I, you know, I've been in the big Sainsbury's down the road, and I can I've seen that they're selling kettlebells, for example. And I'm a bit confused and a bit like muddled in terms of, oh, I, I don't really want to be forking out 50 quid or whatever it is on a set of weights and then find that they're not the right ones or they're not heavy enough or, you know, it, it seems like a bit of a minefield. So what's the best way of approaching that? Yeah, well, I, what I often say and kind of what we start with and what I'm thinking people will start with in the book, but again, everybody's different, is a set of 3kg dumbbells and a set of five kg dumbbells. And I use dumbbells because I think that what I want people to be able to do is to be able to work out from home, to avoid injury. Um, and kettlebells, that they're great, but they, they can be quite bulky. And actually I find um, that when I'm lifting them and doing certain moves, they can bang on my wrists and they can be a bit sore. So I've just done everything with dumbbells um, just for the sake of ease. Um, so for the beginners, I would say three kg and five kg, and that would be possibly the threes for the upper body. Um, and five for the lower body um but i still use my three and my five so i would never look at any of this as sort of money that's then written off um essentially what you're doing is you then build you just keep building it so i've literally got and i've used them all this morning threes fives eight tens twelve and a half and fifteens and i used them all this morning for different workouts you know like we did a chest fly and, I, and I'm not particularly strong in that particular movement. So I have my threes. Um, so so not, it's never, ever, it's never, ever wasted, um, you know, and you just build and build this kit slowly. And then the kids can use it when they get older. You know, your husband might might use them as well. And actually, that is one of the really fun things now is I've got a teenage son. And actually, we went out for a walk yesterday. And I'm trying to encourage them to be sort of keep up fitness over Christmas. And I was like, we can go in the gym together and you can spot me and help me because we've got a gym at home. And he goes, but you're probably stronger than me. I was like, yes. You know, <laughs> and he is, he is 17, but like, <laughs> but that is just quite fun. And I, and I think that it's so important, you know, if we have got kids at home, for them to also lift weights. Like, and that's one of the reasons, and I think I put it in my uh, acknowledgements. One of the reasons why I'm really doing what I'm doing is, you know, I want my I want my 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 sons to always be really supportive partners um, of women, and to know that that you know success or a, a woman is not determined by her shape, by her size, by anything like that. Um, and for my daughter to also you know very much have that message and to avoid many of the pitfalls that I fell into. Yeah. Um, also, I think confidence has got so much uh, a massive part to play, and I think that having the ability to exercise at home, I think will help so many people um you know i had to leave my old gym because they put the prices up but we've already mentioned that that gyms can can be very expensive um and i'm now trying out new classes at a leisure center gym and last week i went to a new class because like it's it's december so i to be me i am trying out new things <laughs> and i'm i'm going to new classes um, but I nearly walked out halfway through in tears because I wasn't keeping up and I was just feeling really embarrassed and I was definitely feeling hormonal. Um, how do we overcome that lack of confidence when it comes to trying new exercise, whether it's in a public place like a gym or even at home and we just feel like, oh, I can't do this? Yeah, I think if you're going to um, a gym, maybe try and take somebody with you, take a friend with you so you can have a bit of a giggle and a laugh with it, you know, when you don't really know what you're doing. 
But I'll be honest with you, I'm intimidated walking into a gym and I and I know what I'm doing. Um, they can be quite scary places, um, but you can get women-only gyms. You know, that might be a nice place to start if there's one um, locally to you. Um, and actually, you know, I do know that a lot of the gyms I've been to, they're, they're, they can be supportive. I think it just, uh, it just depends, it, but it can be intimidating. Uh, but to go with a friend, I would say would be a really good, uh, you know, a good start. At home, just start slowly and um don't be don't be afraid i also think if you're doing workouts at home so i obviously alongside have the book and i'll send you a membership actually i've got an app as well um everybody that is on my app can reach out to me or any of the trainers and they will get an answer so i had a lady um who's emailed recently um saying that she had you know this niggle when she was doing that exercise so i was like okay send me a video and then I can look at it and I can make sure she's got the correct form because that is really important. If you are just a, 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 a paying customer on an app where you can't reach somebody to get an answer, it's not the right place really for somebody who doesn't know what they're doing. It's probably fine for somebody who knows what they're doing and hasn't got any issues. Um, but for somebody who needs a bit more of a handheld approach, start somewhere where you know you're going to get the support that you need. And that's very much um you know what what we try to offer um it's not easy we have over a thousand women um but we will always get back to people so um and as I say it is normally myself um who will get back to whoever it is that sounds brilliant um finally Kate there are, I mean brilliantly there have been so many books coming out in the last few years about the menopause what do you think makes your book different why should we go out and grab a copy when it when it hits the bookshelves so I think um, because my book comes from, I guess, like a, a kind of like almost a grassroots level. It's me. I'm a mum of three. Um, I had no idea of what was what was coming, um, and I guess I've made it my mission to educate myself to then share that with everybody else. Um, but it's just a real honest account that I think lots of women will resonate with. Um, it is also the only one that I know of, and people can correct me that has got this 30-day plan, uh, exercise plan and meal plan that will help you find a love of fitness. And, um, you know, there's actually even, I mean, I've really opened up a can of worms for myself. There's even an email in there that I've done especially for the book if people are having issues because I am so, I am so, wow. I'm ju- I know because I just, I just, I know how lonely it can be. And I think that was one of the things for me was that even in a really crazy world where I'm managing everybody and I'm busy, I still felt really lonely. And, um, you know, often I would have conversations and even like friends, I love my friends, but sometimes they could be quite dismissive. Yo, you're too young to have a menopause or, you know, and say, oh, okay, maybe I am. And you just sort of, like you're talking about that confidence. You just, you just go into your, into yourself and you don't want to bother anybody. Um, and that isn't me. I'm, I bother everybody. So it was really, it was a really weird thing when, um, <laughs> well, I didn't want to bother anybody. Um, so yeah, so there's even an email in the book to, for people to reach out. Um, so I think that, that again is probably quite a unique, um, a unique thing and a unique tool within the book. And, um, I hope that it just gives people a really good understanding. It's not complicated. I'm not a doctor. It's not sciencey. Um, it's just like your really straightforward manual to, to, to thriving at this time. I think it's such such a brilliant book. 
Um, can you remind us where to find you online, but also tell us about your app and where we can where we can download it? Thanks, Alison. Yeah, so I, I've got two two Instagram accounts because I love social media so much. Um, so one one is KSRH underscore fitness, uh, and the other is owning your menopause. Um, so that obviously was born from uh, from KSRH fitness, and then the app is www.owningyourmenopause.com, and you can um, subscribe there and then download the app. That's the trick because otherwise Apple and Google do take some astronomical charges. So always go and log in via the website um, and then download the app. Um, but again, just to sort of say the app has got a community uh, a community chat section. So I check that four or five times a day. Um, and also there is a, a, a menopause GP who comes in and answers any more uh, technical questions that I'm definitely not equipped um, or uh, knowledgeable for answer. Fantastic. Kate, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been so good to chat to you. Thank you so much for having me, Alison. I've loved every minute. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.